Borag Thong Earthlets. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 69th nice episode of Space Spinner 2000. <laughs> a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're taking a break from weekly progs and once again, venturing into the uncharted waters of special editions. In this case, it's the 1981 sci-fi special. This special is a mix of new content, unusual legacy comics, and several interesting articles and features. I think it's pretty interesting. How you doing, Fox? I know you're sick today, and I apologize for getting you out of bed to uh, look at this ridiculous comic. (laughs) Uh, It don't worry, because Superman 2's in here, and that's like the best movie ever fucking made. Hey, you'll be for Zod, man. (laughs) Dude, I, uh, yeah, it's... I'm doing all right. I I could be <laughs> doing a little bit better, but you know what? Like I'm gonna do it. I gotta. I, it's pretty Zarjaz. Well, I mean, this isn't. It's a fucking yeah. sci-fi special. I hate these. But, <laughs> but but there is a fucking silver lining, or should I say, uh, silver pinstripe lining. Oh yeah. So first, I just want to say this special opens up. It's got a nice Brian Ballin cover with Dread and some other judges riding out in their Lawmasters. And then I think what might be a Brett Ewan's picture of Thread at the controls of his thought processor welcoming us to the special. But then we go to Thrill One, Judge Dread. Hey, and, baby. Yeah. Script robot is Alan Grant as Staccato. Art robot's Colin Wilson. Lettering robot is Thomas, which I believe is, of course, our friend Tom Frame. Timmy Tom Frame, yeah. why you hide your name? <laughs> He's got a bunch of different aliases, I guess. So, yeah. Well. Max Normal, the pinstripe freak. Oh, yes. Oh, shit. He's the best. He's <laughs> number one super fan. I am. Absolutely. Yeah. He calls over Judge Dredd because he's got information on a big-time crime coming up soon. But before he can give Dredd the lowdown on an illegal goods shipment, he's shot by a sniper. Watch out, Max! I was so upset because it looked like he got hit in the head. And I was like, do not <laughs> Seriously. kill my favorite fucking character right now. Yeah, especially in a in, special. In a sci-fi special, yeah. Exactly. What a way to go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Dredd gives chase and takes down the assailant with a, well, a well-timed ricochet bullet. But it's too late because Max has taken some serious hits in the hospital. It's revealed that he will pull through, but he's just basically just speaking in Max normal gibberish through his bandages. Yeah, hoochie-pooji. Hoochie-poo! So, Dred's forced to do some investigating. He traces lipstick on Max's handkerchief to Roxanne Gleeg, the girlfriend of a recently released criminal, Dave Boy uh, Torque who we find that he's running a shipment of white powder. Oh, snap. But, like, I loved this scene because he goes there, he's like, lipstick lady, you better not be lying to me about this guy not being bad. Mm -hmm. And she was. And her way of trying to get out of it was, let's make out. Yeah. She, she (laughs) She kisses her, she kisses Dredd's helmet. Yeah. And so it means now she's not just going to the cubes for lying. She's going to the cubes for defacing a, a, a officer's uniform. Get bent, lady. I've <laughs> got no time for love. Hey, dreads all business. 
the judges attack the powder shipment, and there's some real awesome just road action car chase stuff. Several trucks surrender, and Dred's forced to jump onto the roof of the one that Torque is driving. The judges... There's so many truck explosions. There's just a ton of explosions, cars going everywhere, a lot of shooting into traffic and stuff. It's real awesome. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the 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 drivers surrender, and the judges get the white powder, which is one hundred percent pure sugar. Dude, Judge Dredd tastes it, and he just like reels backwards, like ugh. <laughs> I love um, even when it's sugar, they do that um, seventies uh, and eighties things, like with cocaine, where they like taste the cocaine to make sure that it's like yeah. what it is and stuff. I remember asking, like, um, I, I had a cop friend, and I asked, like, what does cocaine taste like? And he's like, nah, man, you just put it there and, like, see if you get high a little bit. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> uh, and you don't do that nowadays because, like, sometimes there's, like, poison in there, so you put it in a kit. You yeah, know, Lord exactly. knows. So, uh, Torque gets 20 years in the cubes, and a recovering Max Normal gets 40,000 creds. And all's well that ends well. I love, like, the end of it. It's just him listening to the money flipping in his hand, and he's like, oh, I fucking love money. <laughs> hey, man, he's got his swanky pinstripe pad, man. He's got a pinstripe dog to feed. You know what I'm saying? I know, dude. He's <laughs> got to buy expensive, very specific pinstripe furniture. Absolutely. It's <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. So let's cool down a little bit with Thrill 2, Desert Asteroid Authors, and Superman 2. Man. So. I, I wish it was uh, whatever you said first. Desert Island the Authors? Uh, Desert you know. Island Authors. I mean, De Desert Asteroid's basically the same. It's just, you know, it's, this is just an extensive feature about classic sci fi authors. It's got all the usual suspects like. Uh, Heinlein and Bit and Blish and Asimov, uh, Herbert Clark, Philip K. Dick, Ray Bradbury, John Campbell, all that guys. You know, it's got a pretty good list. You know, it's a good list. It's got a good run. Like every author has about three or four books for you to check out and stuff. And just you know, I think if you were like you know a, a ten year old who enjoyed uh, 2000 AD, this is a good entree into like, hey, here are some like sci fi books you should read that probably influence the creators of these comics. And you know, like. Hope you get going, you know? Exactly. Asimov's pretty damn good. Just dry sometimes. Yeah. Asimov's good. You know, I feel like the first, you know, Heinlein until about 1970 is real good. Then it gets real weird. You know, they've all got their ups and downs. <laughs> There's Jeez. also a an alternate title for uh, Herbert's uh, God Emperor of Dune, which I guess hadn't come out yet. But it was in, in this, mm. it's still a Mad Emperor of Dune, which is an interesting thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's also a color page about uh, Superman 2, which is coming out around the same time as the sci-fi special. Just a bunch of production stills with some action characters. You know, got some Zod, got some Gene Hackman as uh, Lex Luthor, all that stuff. God, what was the name of his, like, sidekick? I don't remember. Uh, Otis. That's it. Like, for whatever reason, he had, like, this dopey yeah, side had, criminal buddy. Yeah, he had a couple bumbling criminal buddies. That's, you know, that's a good, <laughs> good, good classic uh, superhero stuff, you know? Uh, my favorite is that, for whatever reason, one of the stills that they chose was, like, oh, I'm stuck, in, like, in the crystal of my super palace. Mm -hmm. It's just really shitty plastic, like... <laughs> 
Oh God, Superman two. Don't ever change because you're old as hell and like. I mean, oh, the thing is that so bad. yeah, it has changed quite a bit. I think there's a, a couple different cuts of it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, Ned Beatty as Otis. Okay, just want to clear that up. <laughs> God, just so random. Yeah, and speaking of a traveling back to places where you used to be, Fox. Oh my it's God! Thrill three, Southern Comfort. I would have also accepted really horrible alcohol. <laughs> uh, Southern Comfort is gross. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Uh, script robot R. E. Wright, art robot W. Howarth, lettering robot Tony Jacob. Uh, Do I know any of these people? I mean, Tony Jacob does a fair amount of lettering and stuff, but yeah, this this one feels like kind of a legacy comic to me. Just because I definitely don't recognize any of these uh, creators, and it's got it's got the uh, it's 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 got the crowded panels of a uh, of an old of an older school comic, you know. Mm. Sort of part of the 2080 revolution is sort of having maybe like you know six to eight panels on a page, as opposed to the dozen or so that are on each one here. Yeah, well, um, it feels inspired by like. Um like Dawn of the Dead, right? Like, yeah. Dawn- how do we how do we do a, a sci-fi version of a zombie film? Totally, yeah. Dawn-, Dawn of the Dead by way of like one of those H.P. Lovecraft stories, like Innsmouth or something like that, where like the yeah. whole town gets crazy or something. But so basically, uh, Doctor Ben Wallace he returns to his hometown in North Carolina, where he learns that a couple of the town toughs have run afoul of some kind of weird alien drifter guy. <laughs> Yeah, man, you know, especially in fictional versions of the American South, I feel like each town just has like a four or five dudes that just kind of wander around town beating up anything they don't like, you know? I love how one of them, while they're just like crushing this alien with their boots, is screaming, yeehaw. Exactly. Yep, so they come around this alien drifter, they kick the shit out of them, and now they're all turning into <laughs> slavering lizard zombies, basically. Um, yeah. You know, after this sort of general, sort of like, you know, dawn of the dead slash invasion of the body snatchers stuff starts up. Like, you know, the doc, the old friend he's visiting kills himself, and then the whole town basically turns against him, and he's got to sort of escape. Uh, he has a gun in his glove box, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's only two kinds of people who have that in the U.S. Mm-hmm. One of them is like a drifter slash murderer, and the other is a weird detective. Yeah, as we'll see later in the special. Um, no. <laughs> so uh, he managed. So Ben manages to take most of these guys out with by uh, you know doing the old uh, driving to the gas station and exploding the gas pump kind of thing. <laughs> afterwards he sort of turns and he gloats to the camera from i'll mention the wrong side of the car if this is supposed to be an american (laughs) fyi um i didn't even notice that yeah he's gloating out of the right side of the car which is not where we keep our steel and our steering wheels here in the states um but anyhow he then gets attacked by a lizard zombie dude in the, who's in the, who got into the back seat of the car when he wasn't noticing and he careens off the road which is why you should never count your zombies until they're all destroyed <laughs> which yeah fair yeah you should just kill them all and then gloat yeah definitely make you know check your back seats for the love of McGillicuddy. um <laughs> <laughs> My Spe- favorite picture from this is uh, there's just a zombie running and it's on fire and it's just saying, oh! 
There were so many screams. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of like food, arg kind of scream things going on. Oh. Hey, Fox, speaking of sort of lackluster uh, horror stories, let's oh go. Oh, my God. Let's go to Thrill 4 Nightland. So stupid. This one's a prose story, a uh, script robot John Aggie, art robot Eric Bradbury. So, yeah. This story starts with a with a guy running through a spooky cemetery. He's both pursued by and pursuing basically a double of himself, eventually cornering and killing it. And then he passes out. He wakes up to learn that he's in some sort of like virtual reality mindscape thing created by a scientist. And that uh, killing the double of himself means that he's basically destroyed part of his personality. And it turns out that he destroyed the part of his personality that was nice and doesn't kill everybody because now he's planning on killing the doctor. You know what I hate? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What I hate in a story, like when it starts out and it's like the guy has amnesia. It's Mm -hmm. like, come on. Like, I don't need to read how he doesn't know where he is. I already don't know where he is. (laughs) I don't know. Amnesia is such a cop. It's true. Yeah. I thought this one was kind of interesting if just because there's a page. There's basically like this, like a four page story. And like one of the pages is basically the doctor just explaining what I'd call now. Yeah. Like a virtual reality, like mind, you know, going into your mind via virtual reality thing, which is such Mm a, a, a thing we have a shorthand for here in 2017. But. In 1981, you have to like spend some time setting it up, you know. Dude, like it's not on yeah. the on the on the approved list for uh, for sci-fi tropes yet. You know what I mean? I wonder if they talk about VR in the newer issues. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know, we're gonna get a lot of stuff. You know, we're gonna get like in the 80s as it goes on. We're go- we'll get like you know. Uh, William Gibson style, um, you know, Matrix, virtual reality, like uh, cyberpunk stories and stuff like that. All kinds of things. I'm into that. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's forthcoming. You know, we got to work through it. We got to work to get there a little bit. You know, I mean, the uh, the two the uh, the the next annual we're going to look at has a big feature on like Pong, like literally, you know. Oh, my God. Computers have to advance a little bit, you know. The fucking future is here. TV games, man. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of the future, it's uh, Thrill 5. Shuttles cocked and ready to fire. Cock. Yeah, which is a pretty... Uh, it, you know, it's a cool feature about the space shuttle. I think it's, 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 it's really... I think it's easy from uh, our time to, under, to underestimate how cool it must have been to be sort of a space-focused young person in 1981... With this, like, new spaceship coat going up and, you know, mm. p- coming out with these, like, EVA suits with space jet packs and the possibility of building, like, the uh, International Space Station and stuff, you know? Now, yeah, man. we're sort of, you know, we barely have space stuff. The ISS is there, but it's most, you know, they try, they're just trying desperately to go viral with various zero gravity tricks and stuff. You know, no one cares anymore. It's a bummer. Well, you know, Elon Musk actually. This was fairly recent. He had a he was at a conference where he unveiled their new rocket, which is they call it the I think it's BFR, Big Fucking Rocket. <laughs> they don't have a name. They don't have a name for it yet. But yeah. like the whole um, since we're talking about space shuttles, Please. but like uh, it's meant to be something that um, 
basically is completely reusable in a lot of different ways. Nice. So already his rockets can can take off and land, mm-hmm. um, like using a, a tripod sort of configuration. This yeah. thing won't need to. They the the like if you are interested in spaceships, check out BFR. Like what they've done to make it work is genius, and you can actually do a refueling in orbit, like all hmm. this other jazz. Yeah. I just and this whole thing here. is like, this is how we save money, by yeah. re- reusing shit, not just throwing it out. Totally. And I just want to tell everybody, you know, hey, man, you know, the future is, it's, it's only the future when we make it the future. That's what I want to say. Don't get yeah, complacent exactly. about, uh, it just, it, about it just happening. You know, flying cars aren't just going to go on their own. <laughs> Space is awesome. Flying cars are awesome. You know what else is awesome, Conrad? Oh, is it uh, Thrill 6, Tharg the Mighty in Alien? <laughs> this is pretty good. This is a funny comic because it's, it's a photo comic, right? It's basically yeah. they got someone to wear the Tharg costume and just do a bunch of like sort of still shots with it. Which is, it it's interesting. Um, basically, yeah, they had a bunch of... Uh, or it, it's the story of Tharg going to the alien registration office to get, like, his immigration paperwork handled, essentially. Dude. And then using the camera stuff to, like, um, you know, to gener- to demonstrate his Tharg powers in sort of a real-life situation. They show King's Reach office building flying off into space and all that stuff. And uh, Tharg gets his documents, so good time was had by all. <laughs> I I love this. It feels like a like now a comedy sketch for like making fun of shit from like 1970-1980. Yeah, definitely the um the government functionary really reminded me of um what's his name? Dang. Of like uh uh Morty from uh from Fly the Concords, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, very yeah, like super feels that way. Sort of government functionary that's sort of in over his head because suddenly an alien shows up and starts yelling, at, you know, do, doing crazy stuff. <laughs> it reminds me of Tom goes to the mayor because they did that whole cartoon was a still image shot. <laughs> yeah, and this, I don't know. It's just super weird. I loved this. It was very endearing. Yeah, it was cool. Had a bunch of. Tharg, like, eating cups and reading 2000 AD and stuff. Yeah, it was fun. Oh. We're going to have some more of these as, as time goes by to to varying effects. There's some good Tharg <laughs> ones. There's a Nemesis the Warlock one that is like, oh, man, this is not that great. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting attempt at mixed media by these, by these guys that I think should be um, appreciated, for sure. Yeah. I love his particulars. Age, ancient, height, variable, weight, yes, color, green, usually. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. And speaking of uh, government functionaries, it's time Hello? for Thrill 7, One-Eyed Jack. <laughs> so, One-Eyed Jack, script robot John Howard, art robot John Cooper, lettering robot M.A. Sheen, which means this is a machine-lettered comic. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you can see, like, I don't know, like, the text is very typed and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Although I'm sure there actually was still a letter that was sort of, there was still a letter that was sort of cutting out the word bubbles and gluing them on and stuff like that. It's not oh. hand-lettered the way that, like, 2000 AD is, you know? So if you guys ever wanted to see a comic, read a comic about, hey, it's okay to reinforce police brutality, 
This is a comic for you, man. This it's one eye Jack. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's it's set in Hell's Kitchen, New York City, where a lone police officer patrolling the street will cause the entire neighborhood to conspire to murder him and just let him it's die right. in the street. It's really like they just run him down with a car. Well, first they they trick him by having a lady be like, oh, officer, help. And then when he rushes to help her, they just wham, hit him with a car. Everyone in the neighborhood's like, yeah, that's a good time. We're having fun on a Saturday night here in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I just like, holy shit, like vehicular manslaughter is just a normal thing. It's a very um, like sort of dirty, hairy or uh, what you call it, French Connection sort of version of New York yeah. City. <laughs> oh, my God. It is French Connection. Yeah. But... So, it's time to fight back with the help of police detective One-Eyed Jack McBain. Yeah, he's just like, he solves a lot of problems in a way that's questionable. Got a lot of punch-based problem solving. I think it's, I I wonder if anybody in The Simpsons read this because, you know, there's that um, action movie character called McBain that's a cop that sort of, you know, is on the edge and plays by his own rules and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I wonder how much of that is a reference or just sort of a, you know, all these guys have like sort of Irish, semi-Irish names, whether it's, you know, McBain or Callahan or uh, McGonagall or anything like that, you know. Fucking Irish cops. So, you know, it's a trope. So, uh, McBain, he's gonna, he tells, he has the, he has the, uh, the, uh, commissioner send another cop down to the beat, and when he's hit, threatened by hoods, Jack McBain jumps in and kicks the crap out of him. <laughs> Dude's like, literally, the way that he's, like, he waits for them to get baited by the cop, and then he just kicks a trash can and kicks the shit out of these kids. Yeah. Then they just go to a pool house and start acting like dicks. And Jack just grabs a... And when I Jack just grabs a pool cue and starts beating the hell out of people. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, uh, my God. Eventually, yeah, they aren't even, like, asking questions or anything like that. Eventually, though, they come walking out, and um, there's another situation where a lady calls for help and a car comes barreling down on them. The cops draw their guns and just open fire at the vehicle, <laughs> hitting the gas tank and blowing the whole car up. And then a second car comes. A second car up. comes, but they're 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 out of bullets. So <laughs> one eye Jack has to grab the cop's nightstick, hurl it at the windshield of the car, which causes it to go out of control, like drive into a lamppost and also explode. <laughs> like, no paperwork here, right, Jack? I mean, either that or just so much paperwork. <laughs> and then there's a second so yeah. He's so angry and just so willing to use violence without even thinking about not not using violence. <laughs> Jesus. So there's a second one night Jack story too. It looks like a bunch of hoods are robbing and sometimes killing cab drivers via sort of an undercover sting operations. So it's time to sting the stingers. McBain goes undercover as a cabbie. He sort of, you know, flashes his wad at a diner and then gets picked and then gets a uh, fare. The fare notices his police escort, so McBain has to lose it, has to lose the uh, cops that are helping protect him. 
And like he makes up a reason, like, "Oh, I haven't updated my license or some shit." And yeah. the guy's like, "Okay." Cool. <laughs> they end up at a parking garage where he gets ambushed by crooks, and so One-Eyed Jack has to take them all down with some fancy driving. And he, and instead of running one guy down, he gets information about the location of the leader of the organization, Fast Eddie, the owner of the diner where he flashes cash in the first place. Dude, the way he gets the information is that he slams into the dude with the car, and then he, like, basically is real close to him with the car, and is like, if you don't tell me, I will back this car up into you and break your legs. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it works. I don't know. (laughs) Crushes a bunch of dudes, and then he loads his gun and shoots a man in the chest. Well, because One-Eyed Jack had, had radioed in that Fast Eddie at the diner was the informant, and so the cops had sort of, you know, oh, these black and whites, they don't know what they're doing. They came down their sirens wailing, and now they're having a standoff between them and Fast Eddie's shotgun that he keeps under the counter. So mm-hmm. McBain just drives his car through the plate glass <laughs> window of the diner, shoots Fast Eddie in the, in, in the chest a couple times with his gun in the glove compartment. Oh, God. And that's sort of the end, you know? Oh, no, sorry. The end is when he then gets out of his cab and takes a bunch of money from the cash register at the diner because the meter's still running on the cab that he's going undercover in. Oh, my God. (laughs) Definitely not because he's a dirty cop who's just taking money from a business. Hey, man, he does joke stuff, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, joke stuff and murder. Hey, man. bad cop. It's the tough streets of, you know, fictional New York, man. Those are the toughest streets. I mean, tomato, potato, it's still a fucking vegetable. Yo, man, at this point, New York City is like one wall away from being from being escaped from New York. That's all I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah, with cops like this, I guess. <laughs> this is actually God. one of, you know, this was a long-running series that, that John Wagner would go on to, you know, write about 80% of the thrills we read every week did. And they're collected by Rebellion in a pretty fun... Um, graphic novel of just yeah non-stop police brutality and you know dirt dirty hairy action you know what i mean what the fuck howard what's going on <laughs> what man you think what the, the, the guy who ends up uh, writing judge dread is like <laughs> gonna be like oh no i like cops that just sort of solve problems and work within the community to help people get off I drugs mean, peacefully but, but he's saying something with judge dread i i don't this guy is Maybe, maybe I haven't read the whole thing. I just like, holy God, this guy killed a lot of innocent people. <laughs> what? No, he didn't. I mean, those kids were not like. I mean, yeah, he didn't kill those guys. He beat them up. He killed the yes. the car that was dry, was speeding toward him that had already killed one police officer and was going to kill him. You know, like I did move his legs in the bar so he bashed them with a bat. Man, those guys were in a pool hall in evil New York City. Any everybody in there was guilty of something. That's all I'm trying to say. Evil New York. Yeah. This is the place where where this is the New York City that that can imply dozens of Marvel superheroes to and that they can constantly go on patrol and find at least three muggings every night. That's what I'm trying to say. You just need to hire Daredevil. Man, Daredevil's in Hell's Kitchen. He's doing his best, and they're still killing cops. Yeah, that's pretty 
I mean, it's only so much one blind man can do. Exactly. That's why you need a guy with one eye to also help out. Ooh, yeah, now you see how it works. <laughs> it's, it's just disabilities make it okay to kill people. I mean, they help. I mean, they, you know, they they help justify it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a disadvantage, you know? <laughs> That's fair. You know, I mean, the man does not have stereoscopic vision. Yeah, he's got mono monoscope. He's monoscoping. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyhow. Wait, how can he drive wait. a car? He has no depth perception. Man, you can drive a car with one eye. I have a hard time believing that it's easy. I mean, it's not easy, but that's why you know he's a badass, dude. <laughs> Also, hey, good for them. It's on the right side of the car. It's true. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a uh, realistic or a more realistic depiction than our other stories. <laughs> and the car was automatic. <laughs> Very <laughs> absolutely. All right. All right. <laughs> so now it's through eight diary of an alien editor, Rojas Technicolor book review, and Tharg's mighty puzzle pages. They are mighty. Yeah. So first, there's a potted history of 2000 AD from Prague 1 to to 200. I'd say it's pretty complete. It's got, like, thrill start and end dates, various schemes and booklets, and a breakdown of Judge Dredd storylines. Then this is like uh, this is like the start of, uh, God, what's that website that just houses all of the... Uh... All of the 2000 AD, it's like a Wikipedia. Oh yeah, yeah, or like uh, the the Barney website that I yeah, use Barney. a lot. This 2000AD.org. Barney zero point one. Absolutely, cool. yeah. Uh, in the middle of the timeline, there's also a series of book reviews by Road Jaws. The uh, 19, the uh, Judge Dread Annual for 1983 gets a nine out of ten, as does a World Atlas of Mysteries. The lowest ratings go to a sci-fi book by broadcaster Patrick Moore. That's called The Secret of the Black Hole. And to one of those ubiquitous puzzle books, this one featuring Flash Gordon. You know, I, I bought the 2000 AD puzzle book, Fox. And yeah. it is quite the document. <laughs> really? It's got to like... For as much, like, space questions as it has, it's also got a lot of just, like, BBC or, like, British, like, TV questions and stuff. And huh. it's really funny because all of the images in the in the puzzle book, I feel like, come from one month of 2000 AD. Like, it's from right, it's from right um, before, like, Prague 78 when they did the Star-Lord crossover. Like, I can really see where all these speeches came from, just having having done the show and stuff like that. I I love the the writing he gives to the Flash Gordon comic thing. It's, so it's like, he doesn't even write paragraphs. He just writes four sentences that are in, like, a list. Mm-hmm. One takes approximately three dozen pages, uh, three dozen pages atrocious artwork, Two, surround it with poorly thought out puzzles. Three, <laughs> title it after the hero, uh, hero of a hugely successful SF movie. Four, sit back and count the money as it rolls in. Rojas rating three of ten. Rojas is a jerk sometimes. I love it. <laughs> like he's just like, oh, I guess it's a recipe for bad yeah. whatever. Then there's also uh, a series of puzzles. There's a spot the difference between uh, featuring Judge Death getting blown away. And there's the ubiquitous chain words, which are always fun. So weird. I just don't get chain words. I mean, yeah, they're just sort of, they're like a crossword, but you don't really want to take the time to do a crossword, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. 
Like, here's a, so we got to figure out something that's got to have, you know, whatever, 36 character or, you know, whatever, whatever, 12 by 12, you know, 144 characters. So let's just figure, you know, let's work backwards from there, you know? Exactly. So, but enough of these interior stuff. Let's get to some quick things with Thrill 9 Future Shocks. The Space Odyssey. Oddity, yeah. Script robot Dave Perry. Art robot Joe Collins, lettering robot Pete Knight. This is a one pager, a one pager. Oh. It's the uh, oh god! It's the first manned mission to Mars. It lands in 1989. One small step for man, etc. But then another ship flies in. It's Eamon Andrews, Neil Armstrong. This is your life. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, well, you know, even I guess he was the host of the BBC version of This Is Your Life, you know? Mm. And the way This Is Your Life works as a TV show, I guess, was that, um, you know, they sort of ambush you in as sort of a surprise party thing, and then sort of the show would go sort of in, in media's rest from there, you know? Yeah, tell you all about your business. Absolutely. I feel like that's a little invasive, but you probably had to sign up for it anyway. Yeah, I'm sure they knew it was coming or something like that, or like your friends knew that they'd be down with it, you know? Whatever. Yeah. But now it's time for the big thing in this in this uh, special, Fox. This is my favorite. Oh this my is the God. top one. And it's... Yeah? Thrill 10, Nemesis the Warlock. This is pretty cool. Actually. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot Kevin O'Neill, lettering robot Steve Potter. So, we start this one off with a set of data cards, just to give an update to everybody on the character and setting a Nemesis. We're all clear on this stuff, right? There's a Termite, there's Torquemada, and there's Nemesis. Uh, they're the important things you need to know, because this is a fucking cool-ass comic. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Giant <laughs> chickens, that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, Grocks or whatever. Yeah, we start, so, uh... We, a bunch of rebels waiting execution in the dungeons of Termite. An elder among them tells the story of Nemesis to comfort a child. It's the story of Excessius, the sword sinister. So awesome. And of how Torquemada came to Ulrich, the last descendant of the warrior M- uh, Mstran, who is the only one who could wield the sword. Ulrich is... Uh, besting Nemesis, right? Right, yeah. He defeated Nemesis in a previous alien war, but his sword was lost. Ulrich spends his time currently shepherding a bunch of giant-ass uh, chicken monster monster chickens. They are so cool-looking. <laughs> so much breast meat, too. Totally. Really. Oh, my God. Like, I got a breast meat the side of a, of a side of beef. Um. <laughs> so great. Oh, man, I would love to eat that fried chicken. <laughs> so Ulrich travels the galaxy, goes to a distant star city where he fights space pirates and wins the love of the Lady Tanith while losing a leg in the process. He travels yeah. to the planet Novala where he fights and tames a massive Nova pig to traverse a deadly grass forest. He fights a huge robot known as Gorebelly and climbs a mountain swarming with deadly dragon vultures. At last, after many years, having lost an arm and an eye to add to his leg, he comes to the body of a dead warlock, or another member of Nemesis' race, I guess, with a sword inside. Ulrich, Ulrich grabs the sword. The sword sinister is his at last. He takes a moment to kneel and pray. And in that moment, the sword sinister is taken and used against him by Nemesis the Warlock. 
You see him cut off the main set. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we see Nemesis in all his glory looking real cool with his new sword and stuff. Credo! Credo! And yeah, so from there, Nemesis went on to kill tons of humans with that sword. And it was great that he finally got it back, because actually, Imstron had stolen it from him many years ago. But that's a story for another day. I mean, they're not going to have another day, you know? I mean, yeah, like, come on, come on, old guy. Yeah, now is the time to tell these stories, man. But That's like the whole point, because you guys are going to (laughs) die. He's on the damn rack. Definitely this awesome. Yeah, this was cool, man. It's just everything we love from Nemesis. Just the um, the far flung story of Ulrich to all these different places made it seem like this huge heroic opera with Ulrich taking tons of like damage along the way and stuff. It makes it really seem like you know his journey costs him something, which is really neat. And then for Nemesis to just show up and be a badass is really cool too. Great art, great writing, great everything. I think it's, like, super interesting, like, it shows you not just, like, the the potential devotion that people have to this, like, to this guy, um, Torquemada. Yeah. But, like, also how horrible this world is. Absolutely. Yeah, it does a I good know, job very, of, very yeah. Princess Bride-esque. Uh, Definitely. More gore. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Yeah, definitely. It's re- it does a really great job of yeah presenting this world and just a, of having a character doing a heroic saga through it. But then it's all for naught because Nemesis is the greatest. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty badass. Yeah. So let's finish it up, Fox, with Thrill Eleven on the Wall. And this, just, this is awesome. This is a cool, quick feature of... Um, of 2000 AD, um, ju- or, or sorry, first there's a, I want to say before this, there's a, a full page 2000 AD ad featuring Judge Death that's very cool and very like black, like a lot of dark ink on it. And then a final feature, it's a color page showing people recreating awesome 2000 AD art on their walls, both the four horsemen from the Strontium Dog Story Journey to Hell and a big old Ron Smith style Judge Dredd. So awesome. Like, this kid's, like, painting it on his wall. Yeah, they did it all from, I guess they did, you know, you do, like, a grid system. Like, you kind of put a grid over the original artwork, and then you put the grid on your wall, and you sort of, you know, what's in one, you know, what's in grid 1A, you put in grid space 1A on your wall, you know? This is before the time that you could buy those decal stickers. For yeah, you wall. can't get a fathead, um, <laughs> um, four horsemen from Strontium Dog, you know? God, if you could, though. God, that'd be so cool. That would be awesome. Them. Yeah. Also, some Earthlet's mom has created a pair of Gronk stuffed animals. Oh, that, they're so cute. <laughs> they're equal parts cute and horrifying, if you ask me. <laughs> but apparently, it's based on a uh, on a pattern that was in a women's magazine that IPC put out a couple months ago. Huh? Huh? Hey, you got you know we're we're let's do a cross promotion. Hey, ladies, you got a a kid that likes 2000 AD? You'll blow him away with this sweet stuffed animal. It's like that thing that they like, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. But so, hey, Fox. Hey, Conrad. Now we're, that's it. We're done with thrills for this. The 1981 2080 sci-fi special. So, the question remains, what were your top and bottom thrills? Oh, man. So, I mean, uh, so top, like, yeah, I really, really like, there were three that I liked. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with one, which is Nemesis, because I really like Nemesis, and this mm-hmm. was good. But Judge Dredd was awesome, 
because if you put Max Normal in anything, it is 2,000% better. Sure. Uh, and I thought it was actually... I I wasn't expecting sugar. That caught ah, me completely by surprise. Yeah. It's easy to um, forget that that's also outlawed in Mega City 1. Yeah, like, whoa. I just didn't expect it because I completely forgot. And then Tharg, uh, the Mighty and Alien, this was like... Oh, nice. A Tharg comic I found actually funny and, like, weird... <laughs> and like, easily digestible um, and adorable. But yeah, yeah, Nemesis the Warlock, it's fucking I, like, what the hell, guys? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? All these beautiful shapes, all these crazy aliens, all this cool fucking action. It's it's like a uh, a metal album. Absolutely. Every time you open this thing up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like every uh, every page is just like yeah, like the cover of a crazy uh, of a crazy metal album. Every panel almost. I really want the uh, the sword sinister that's piercing the heart of one of the warlocks. Like that, yeah. I just I want that somewhere on my body. Well, nice like, as a picture. Yeah, that's a cool. It's definitely a real cool image. Yeah, just because it also gives you a sense of just the weirdness of the warlock's body. You know, with their with their crazy head and all that stuff. That's yeah, just really cool. Uh, nice. As for bottom, you know, uh, I I actually read it. And Nightland is bad. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like Nightland. That's fair. It, it was. It really made me upset because um, <laughs> I f- I figured it out after the first page. I'm like, oh, he's gonna kill himself. Yeah, and he's actually the bad one. And like, oh <laughs> shit! Somehow that's gonna happen. It could have been a really good future shock, you know. Yeah, that's all. Fair all enough. Right. Conrad, what is thine top? And what is thine bottom? Mine top and mine bottom. Uh, for top, I, I gotta agree with you. Nemesis the Warlock. Oh, it's so good, man. I love Nemesis. Especially just this, these early parts of Nemesis where things are crazy. You know, as always, like I always say with, you know, I, I love when things are early and everything's full of promise and, and, and craziness and just building this world and this art just seems so amazing and out of the blue, out of nowhere and stuff. It's so good. It's so awesome. And I love this. Story. I love the idea of telling an, of telling a story by telling the story of someone else, and then having you know the main characters show up at the end. I think that's a really interesting way to handle things. You know? Oh yeah, man. Like it feels like a very sort of uh, I don't know, almost like a classic story or something, where like you know it's actually the story's about Thor, but you follow some other hero, and then Thor shows up at the end or something like that. You know? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. For bottom, I'm gonna say uh, Southern Comfort. I didn't really care for it that much. Yeah. With the zombies and the, you know, America stuff and things like that. Didn't I, I, I was not really feeling it, and it was not that great. Um, no. Nightland, also real bad. Real bad as these stories go. <laughs> like, I didn't appreciate that either. <laughs> but, you know, not the worst that I've seen, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Southern Comfort was really stupid. Abs- yeah. Like, just the uh, the mugging to the camera at the end was like, okay, buddy. Oh. Like, you aren't that cool. <laughs> like, I know, even if you end up dying at the end still, like, you gotta, like, slow your roll a little, slow your roll a little bit there, you know? <laughs> well, the guy was a prick. Like, yeah. Even at the beginning of the comic, he's just like, oh, I'm, I hate this town. Why am I coming back here? I hate all these people. I hate this place. Even when the yep. doctor's like, this shit happened, he's like, oh, you're crazy. Absolutely. And then he's got, like, the wherewithal to just fucking smug about it. I'm glad he <laughs> fell off a cliff in a yeah. car. 
Strong agree. <laughs> anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. You can always find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch, or the Google Play Store, or our podcast site at Cradaline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com or on the 2080 forums. Or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner 2K. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. Come back next time as we continue into the end of the year in 2000 AD. Oh man, more Rogue Trooper, more Space, oh. more uh, Judge Dredd, and Ace Trucking finally arrives as we plug yeah. the spaceways. And into trucking. Learn ourselves some crazy futuristic CB lingo. 1010, good buddy. Oh, Roger Dodger. <laughs> and until then, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid for three! Splendid for three!